Ladies and gentlemen, good evening, good night, and welcome back to another episode of Tomahawk Talk Graveyard Shift. Uh, we've got tonight on deck a review of the NCAA Division I Men's Basketball Championship. Uh, March Madness is finally upon us after we were so frustratingly denied because of the um, outbreak of the COVID-19 pandemic in 2020 last year. Um, really disappointing. Um, we are all Florida State uh, students and fans, so we'll obviously look at it from that perspective. And that is, well, for me personally, I don't know about you guys, but I thought that Florida State had its best chance in over 30 years to win the national championship that year, specific last year specifically. I was convinced that they were going to be a one seed. They were going to win it all um, before even uh, the first tip off of the NCAA or the ACC tournament. All right, so um, I'll, I'll ask you guys about that in just a moment, but uh, we got to introduce our, um, our crew for tonight, our undertakers, if you will. No, I'm not. I'm not leaning into the graveyard shift thing anymore. Um, anyways, uh, first off, we've got uh, the host of today, our uh, Tomahawk Talk host, uh, Gary Putnick. How you doing, Gary? Do, do you also think, by the way, that Florida State would have won the Natty last year? I think they would have had a better chance than this season, but I'm not like to give you in yourself where I'm saying we're, they're the national champions. It's all said and done. They, they were, I think they were final four, four team best. Okay. Okay. What about you? Um, the host of yesterday, our former host of uh, Tomahawk talk, Brett Rutherford. He's um, how you been, man. It's been a while. Um, what do you think? Yeah, no, it, it's, it's been a while. Uh, it's been two years since we got our hands on our bracket, and I'm just so happy to be able to talk about it. Yeah, I think last year was the season for Florida State, not to say that this year uh, they, they don't have a chance. I know they're coming in with kind of a lack of momentum after losing to Georgia Tech in the ACC championship, but I really kind of like where they were placed in this year's bracket, and I, I give them a chance to at least make a run for it in the, this month. It's interesting. I, I can't say that I share, share the, uh, the same enthusiasm for, for the bracket. I'm not liking the odds right now, but we'll get to that later. And finally, uh, the brains behind this operation, the guy who was like, hey, what if we did this for a graveyard shift? This is now two episodes in a row that he's done this. Um, it's our very own Scott Clements. How you doing, man? It's a good bit. I'm doing all right. I'm actually going to point out that F that Florida State was declared the 2020 NCAA national champion by the Florida State legislature because, like, you know, <laughs> they didn't have any other pressing issues to deal with at the time. No, none. But, yeah, not at all, right? But, yeah, no, I'm excited to be back and ha happy to be putting all this forward. All right. People can all see right. us right now, too. We're on video. This yeah. is a radio actually, station. Yeah. We're on video. We're actually going to be uploading this on the um... – I think it's the WVFS Sports or the V89 Sports uh, YouTube channel. It's going to be the first video uploaded in, I want to say, over two years. The last one was some throwaway episode of uh, Tomahawk Talk. Back when, back before it used to be a regular podcast, um, Nick Carlisle, the host at the time, uh, asked me to upload the videos on like a public forum. So I picked YouTube. Uh, gave me a chance to um, learn a little bit of video editing, which you'll see. It's it's minimal stuff, though, honestly. Um, but yeah, uh, this will be up on the uh, Graveyard Shift podcast like platform. So wherever you get your podcasts, you can listen to our show like you probably are doing right now. Um, but you'll also have that video available to us. I'll drop the uh, the link to the video in the description to the podcast. So the podcast will come after the video, I suppose. 
Um, but right, uh, gentlemen, what say we get right into it, opening up with the West, uh, with our lone undefeated team at the very top, Gonzaga. We're going to go through this bracket. The, the format for tonight's show is going to be this. We're basically going to do mostly our, our first round stuff. I think everybody here filled out like a proper bracket. If you're uh, like Gary, you filled out multiple brackets. Um, I personally did not. Um, we'll talk. I'll, I'll talk about my bracket in just a bit. But the way we're going at it is we're going to start out in the West, go down to the East, visit Florida State, see what uh, we're, we think about them. Uh, go up to the South with our... Um, and go up to the south um, to see where uh, Baylor settles out. I think uh, the collective like number two, number one, out of this um, out of this tournament. And finally, we're going to go down to um, the Midwest, where we've we've got I feel like the potential for the most upsets out of the entire bracket. Uh, so let's say we get started. Um, I, I suppose as the person, like I said, who was like, "Hey, we should do this." Uh, Scott, would you like to go ahead and uh, get us started with your um, first round for the um, the Western bracket? Yeah, of course. Well, looking really at this bracket, what it really kind of is is that it's Gonzaga against everyone else. You have, of course, they're the undefeated number one overall team, and then you have the like other top teams there: Iowa, Kansas, UVA. We're all beat. We're all lost to all lost to Gonzaga pretty handily earlier in the season. And so you really have this kind of like interesting, like I can't remember another time where a one seed had played each of the two, three and fours in the tournament. So I know for me personally, looking at this, like Gonzaga's obviously going to go pretty far. Uh, my upset pick, I would say my potential upset in this bracket would be uh, UC Santa Barbara over Creighton, but that's just because Creighton's had so much controversy and like kind of heading into this tournament going on the back end of the season. And that I think is certainly going to affect them more kind of going forward. And... All right. So let, let's, let's go through this um, game by game. So Gonzaga, I think we've all collectively like chalked in. So first of all, yeah, uh, let, me, the... let me give my, my love affair to Gonzaga. I have been following this Bulldogs team the entire, season in the West Coast Conference, which was just so much fun this season. Obviously, they're not going to lose in the first round. I think they're facing the winner of Norfolk State yeah. and whoever they're playing. App State. But this team State. is just so deep. You look at their starting five, Corey Kispert, Drew Timmy, Jalen Suggs, Anton Watson, uh, Joel Ayayi. Their sixth man was the best player on the Florida Gators a couple of years ago, and Andrew Nemhard. They are so deep, so hard to beat, and so hard to slow down offensively. Gary, you got anything? Well, I mean, Brett pretty much said it all. I mean, all their, I mean, their four top scores, they all average over 10 points a game. So, I mean, when one guy doesn't step up, they got three other guys they can go to. So it's not really, they're, they have no shortage of talent on this team. And they're obviously going to cruise through at least the first two rounds, in my opinion, of this tournament. Yeah. Uh, I have Gonzaga going all the way through to the final four. Um, I really don't see any sort of resistance. I want to point out one matchup in particular. Um, because I always think it's the most interesting matchup of, of the tournament outside of, you know, the Elite Eight. And that's the, the four seed versus the five seed, because it's always the one, like, it's the, the one matchup that's, I think, the most competitive uh, consistently out of the, um, out of that second round. So that would be, assuming that most of you have chalk, which, uh, for the most part, in this bracket, I think I'm, I think I'm all chalk, actually. I'm looking right now. 
No, I have one upset that we'll talk about next. But um, Gary, you, you said you're not you're not all chalk this this bracket. I'm I'm not all chalk, and we we can kind of jump to the uh, next one. I mean, I'm I'm laying with Oklahoma right here in this Oklahoma Mizzou game, the eight nine matchup here. I like what Oklahoma has coming into it. They've went through the gauntlet of the Big Twelve that is this season, and so I think they're really battle tested. And I I like them over Mizzou in this game. I don't know what Brett and uh, Scott got, but I don't know. I'm liking Mizzou, or I'm liking Oklahoma over Mizzou. Yeah, Gary, I'm going to rock with you on Oklahoma there. If there's a common theme for my bracket this year, it's that I'm throwing momentum out the window. It's usually one of those uh, mm -hmm. hard-to-calculate things that I really take into account in every NCAA tournament. Oklahoma, they've lost five out of their last six, and that only win was against Iowa State in the Big 12 tournament. Iowa State was absolutely terrible this year. So usually I would fade Oklahoma in this matchup. But like you said, the Big 12, one of the best leagues in the country this year. They are battle-tested. And overall, Missouri doesn't really have any momentum to go against Oklahoma. And they were playing in a very mediocre SEC this season. So I got to ride with the Sooners. All right. Uh, Scott, what, what you got with the 8-9 uh, and nine seed? I, I rode with Oklahoma as well. I didn't watch a ton of Big 12 bas basketball this season. Uh, looks like we might have lost other teams things. and that one of my best friends from high school is currently a senior at the university of Oklahoma or OU Oklahoma, however they order it. So that's was my kind of jury in choosing Oklahoma, Oklahoma over Missouri. Well, that sure is interesting gentlemen, because according to a stat that I saw at a sandwich shop, no more than two hours ago <laughs> on ESPN two, um, the nine seed actually edges out the eight seed, 84 to 80 across all matchups in the in the 64 team era. Uh, the nine seed was four and zero last year in this matchup. Uh, so I am I'm not feeling Oklahoma so much as I am Missouri. Not just to that. I, I, just, I don't know. I, I have you're going to see a common trend through this bracket for me as a respect for for two um, conferences in particular the sec and the big 10 those are the only two that i'm like okay like i i think these two um are legit they're like truly legit this year it's difficult to measure everybody because nobody's played anybody except for gonzaga obviously um but but you're gonna see that in a, as a common trend in my in our in our brackets um all right let's move on creighton you uh university of california santa barbara what you got gentlemen I'll get us one started. Creighton is a team I would I would usually pin for some positive regression, right? But they're going through a lot of turmoil right now. Their head coach, Greg McDermott, has been in a little bit of trouble. Uh, and they're just coming off a big loss against Georgetown in the Big East Championship game. I really wanted to go with the Blue Jays here. I really thought this would be a great for them. But I look at the job that Joe Pena has done with the Gauchos this year, with UC Santa Barbara, and I know the 12-5 upset's always a popular choice, but I really like what your Corey McLaughlin and this Gauchos team can do. So give me UC Santa Barbara Gauchos going to the second round. I'm right there with you, Brett. I like UC Santa Barbara here. One thing that I always take into account when looking at uh, making picks for my bracket, how well is a team on the free throw line? And UC Santa Barbara is 32nd in the nation in free throw percentage. They're 76.3 from the charity stripe. And then on the other side, you have Creighton going 64.2%. That's good for 329th in the nation in free throw percentage. That's just abysmal there. And if you can't make your free throws down the stretch in these kind of games, I know there's only going to be about 25% capacity at these games, 
But if you can't make your free throws, it's going to be even – the noise is going to be even more deafening when it gets to that point. So, yeah, rooting against Creighton in Indianapolis. Where is Creighton? Uh, Omaha. Omaha. Uh, okay. Well, I can see that then. All right, yeah. Scott, sorry for cutting you off there. Oh, yeah, you're good. For me, as I mentioned earlier, I uh, picked UC Santa Barbara as well. I think Creighton, there's just too much going on with that program outside of the court for them to really kind of hone in and translate that and go really deep. And also, like Brett was talking about momentum earlier, they scored what, like 48, something like some like really low number against that Georgetown team in the Big East Championship that like if we're playing on momentum there that I can't trust that I went with the Gauchos here moving on. All right. It's funny that you, so, so I'm on the odd man out here. I, I picked Creighton. I guess I'm, I'm leaning a bit into um, Brett's uh, line of thought that momentum doesn't really matter too much going into the tournament. Um, that being said, the next round, I do have them dropping uh, against a Virginia side that I think is much more impressive. Um, you know, uh, big East tournament removed. Uh, and speaking of Virginia, it's our, it's our next matchup. Uh, but did you want to say anything about that last bit, Gary? No, I was, I was about to say, speaking of Virginia, I mean, this Virginia oh. team, they're the, they're an interesting story going into this. Cause I know we talk, we're talking a lot about momentum here. Virginia is going to have probably the least amount of momentum out of any team because they aren't getting to Indiana till on till th- uh, Friday and their game is on Saturday and they haven't touched a basketball because of their COVID-19 quarantine after uh, during the ACC tournament. They haven't touched a basketball since in over a week. So this is going to be very tough for them getting into basketball form into true form into tournament form on that short notice. And there might be a big upset on the horizon there for uh, the Cavaliers. I would disagree. Like I said, I, I picked Virginia. I got a lot of respect for that side. I watched them more often than not because of um, ACC tournament play or because of ACC regular season play, both against the Knowles and not. Um, just so happened that a ton of games when I would be sitting down, um, like eating dinner or lunch, the, their, their games would be on. So I, I did watch a fair bit and I, and I liked what I saw. Um, you're, it's not easy to be um, ACC regular season champ. Uh, you're there for a reason. Um, you know, matchup matchups against uh, the Knowles be damned because we did, or uh, we did see Florida State roll them earlier on in the season. But you know, uh, Virginia did have the last laugh. I, I gotta, I gotta side with the um, the regular season champ here. I am so down on this Virginia team right now. You look at every time they played explosive offenses this regular season. Gonzaga dropped 98 points. That is not something a typical Tony Bennett team does. Florida State won by 21. They put up 81 points against the Cavaliers. They they lost three in a row, Florida State, Duke, and NC State. And I look at this Ohio Bobcats team, and I really liked watching that MAC conference this year. And they won a shootout against Toledo, 87-80 in that tournament. And remember the name, Jason Preston. This kid is going to be a pro. He's averaging 16.6 points a game, 6.8 rebounds, and 7.2 assists. He's one of the best passers of the basketball in all of college basketball. I think maybe second only to Scotty Barnes, who I love seeing sling it across the floor. Virginia, a lot, again, is going wrong for this team. They had to exit the ACC tournament. There's still a lot in question about when they're going to get to Indianapolis and when they're going to get game ready. And I'm going to go back-to-back upsets here. I love the Ohio Bobcats against the Cavaliers. That 
That's interesting. I'm kind of seeing where people are going in on Virginia. Like there's def there's definitely they are like a little down bad and with all their kind of COVID issues coming in to the tournament, that's definitely gonna be a prop problem for them though. However, I believe they still are gonna kind of make it just based on luck. That Ohio game is going to be tough for them for all the reasons that Brett has just mentioned. But if they are able to get past that, they have the thirteen that first round game then play uc santa barbara and that 12th seed those are will be some say like easier opponents for them than maybe others across this bracket and you know what we want if we want to talk about experience like uva is still technically to the the defending national champ and, and i and i think that just by some sort of like experience alone and we know kind of like tony bennett knows what he's doing i think he could potentially navigate his team to a sweet 16 appearance. And so I'm, I haven't made my pick officially still on this one. I'm still flip-flopping between uh, Virginia and Ohio here. I mean, the one thing that is going to stick out and they don't really, Virginia doesn't even really have to be in uh, complete basketball playing shape going into this because uh, Ohio plays terrible defense down in the paint and Sam and was it Hauser and Huff, are going to destroy them down low if they can't do anything to stop them. So, because you have two six, you have uh, Hauser who's six eight, and then you have Huff who's seven one. So, as long as they can get the ball down low, they're going to have a field day. So, I'm, it, I don't know. I like the Ohio pick just out of the sense of the upset, and because uh, Virginia might not be completely healthy just in terms of playing shape. But I don't know. It's tough to go up against that experience, like you mentioned, Scott. All right. Um, moving on down the bracket, we're starting to get into um, more of that like upset kind of range now that we're about halfway through the West bracket. Um, USC, Wichita State, or the winner of Wichita State versus Drake in the first four. I'm going to be honest, I don't care about the first four. Never have, probably never will. Um, if, you, if any of you have seen uh, John Boyes's um, chart party series he has an episode specifically on the 64 uh team bracket for the final four and how it engineers the most losers out of any tournament ever and uh, one of the one of the many faults for this uh tournament is is receding and the first thing he starts out with the video saying is like i'm not going to talk about the first four because it doesn't matter like ever and i and i tend to agree so we i, I for me i just assume like i always take the higher seed with with the first four teams and uh usc is that for me yeah, usually I'd agree. The first four, you're getting the bottom four ranked at-large bids and the bottom four ranked conference champions. This is a really interesting matchup in the first four. I like Drake over Wichita State. I think they played a couple really close games against Loyola Chicago after losing in that first matchup. I like Drake to advance. They're a fun team to root for. But ultimately, you, uh, Evan Mobley in USC. Evan Mobley, I would take him if I had the number one pick in the NBA draft. He is so fun to watch. I haven't seen a center built like him in a while. And I, I don't see either Wichita State or Drake being able to get past the Trojans in the first round. I'm with there. I mean, USC, like you said, Evan Mobley, that's it. That's all you really need to say. That's uh, signed, sealed, and delivered. So I'm riding with you, USC, over whoever wins this game from USC or from Wichita and Drake. We're all on the same page here. I'm also going USC. I am kind of i'm agreeing with sebastian on like the first four it doesn't really matter however when we move through this tournament and we talk about like byu potentially going up that for their that first four game against uh like michigan state or ucla that's going to be very interesting and could potentially mess up a couple brackets 
All right. Well, moving on down to uh, Kansas and Eastern Washington. Um, I actually have a little asterisk um, next to this one because I do think that if Kansas can play, um, if Kansas can play, then they'll win. But if they can't play, well, obviously we we have we have yet to see what happens. What are the does anybody here know what the rules are for that? Is it like the ACC tournament where it's like if you if you can't make it, the other team's just moving on? So if it's before the tournament starts, there are replacement teams on standby that could be. I don't know if they're already in Indianapolis or they could be uh, flown out there quickly. Once the tournament starts, though, so say Kansas plays their first round game and then there's a positive test before their second round matchup, then they are out and the team they were supposed to play would move on. Mm -hmm. Eastern Washington wouldn't get another chance and there wouldn't be a replacement team after the tournament has officially started. Right, right. Okay, perfect. Um, do we know who those replacement teams are? I know Louisville was the first is the first team in technically because there was talk because the there was a deadline for a team to pull out. Like Virginia had an option if they didn't feel comfortable playing because they may have had too many positives coming their way. But uh, that deadline was about Tuesday night, and Virginia didn't uh, take them up on the deadline. So they're going to play. They're hopefully going to play in the tournament. But Louisville, is, I believe, is the first team up for that uh, play in. Or not the play in the the replacement. Okay, well, um, I still have like no faith whatsoever in um, which is Wichita State or Drake to to move fast. Does anybody have them as like a potential upset? Are we talking about Eastern Washington? No, we're we're talking about. Oh wait, did we? Oh, I'm sorry, sorry. I'm, <laughs> I'm still one track brain, I guess. Um, no, are, do we have any um, potential upsets in this uh, three to fourteen matchup? No, I mean, I like Eastern Washington. After a slow start, they rolled through the big sky, but Kansas is, is too good this year. And even with their struggles, Jalen Wilson is, a, is an amazing player. Okay. And doesn't exactly look that. like it. Kansas. Take him, Kansas. Take him, Kansas. All right, all right. Um, VCU, Iowa. Uh, another, or sorry, uh, Oregon, Oregon, VCU. Um, what do we got, gentlemen? This is a, a very interesting matchup. I think Oregon is definitely a little underseeded in that seventh, and they could be a team, especially if uh, Kansas doesn't show up kind of back in the shape. And uh, Iowa, other than Luca Garza, I'm not really high on this I Iowa team. This, this Oregon Ducks team can be dangerous, and they have, I think, the potential to eventually meet Gonzaga in that and what would be that Elite Eight matchup. And so I'm picking Ducks first round over VCU. So the Ducks walk the pond for, for Scott. What about you, Gary? I'm taking the Ducks as well. Like Scott's saying, they're extremely well, they're an extremely good team. They maybe had a few uh, rough bounces throughout the season, but I still believe they're in a very good spot to kind of move forward. Like they had a, a late season loss to USC. They obviously lost to Oregon State in the Pac-12 championship. But other than that, they've been a very consistent ball club. And and I like them to move on in this one over VCU. No more magic for the uh, VCU. All right. Uh, Brett, what about you? Oregon finished the season on a really high note in the Pac-12, but they haven't played a defense quite like VCU out of the Atlantic 10. I loved watching that league this year. VCU had a great tournament. They ended up falling to St. Bonaventure in that championship round uh, this past Sunday. But they were able to shut down teams like Davidson, who was one, one of the best shooting teams in the country. I think they can do the same against Oregon. Uh, give me VCU moving on to the second round. Really? All right. Uh, and our final matchup of the Western bracket is um, 
is that Iowa and Grand Canyon. Uh, I personally have Iowa moving on. I, in my bracket, I just wrote IA, but I eventually just kind of gave up. As later on through the bracket, I just wrote Iowa. Um, I Iowa. Iowa. It's, it's tough not to take Iowa here. I mean, you're asking you're asking for a bunch of red uh, cross outs on your bracket if you take Iowa, or if you don't take Iowa. Sorry. No, I'm guessing you do. You feel the same, Scott? Uh, yeah, I took the Hawkeyes in this one. Yep. All right. That's that wraps up our West bracket. Um, we don't want to. We probably don't want to go matchup by matchup. But are there any particular upsets or, you know. I guess the long long story short, do you have the Zags moving on? I think everybody here has as uh, Gonzaga moving on. I, I've got Gonzaga and Kansas in the Elite Eight. Gonzaga ultimately going to the Final Four. Uh, a couple other notes: I had Iowa being upset by VCU again in the second round. I'm really down on the Iowa team. They lost in any every big game they played this year. It felt like in the Big Ten. I know the Big Ten was the best league in America, uh, but they they just really struggled in the big games. But I'll, I'll take Gonzaga over Kansas in that Elite Eight matchup. All right. I, I personally have uh, Gonzaga and Iowa in my bracket. But um, what about you, Gary? What you got? Right there with Brett, I have uh, Gonzaga and Kansas in that Elite Eight, but I had Kansas beating Iowa to get into there. Uh, and I had Oregon beating VCU. So uh, a little bit different, but kind of the same result in a way. All right. And, and Scott? I also have Gonzaga and Kansas in that Elite Eight. And this one I was actually kind of flipping on because I feel like if there is a game where Gonzaga slips up in this tournament, it would be going going against that uh, going against that Jayhawk team. Like we talked a lot about Florida State early on, like potentially being that team. Like Kansas was the number Kansas would have been probably the number one overall seed in that turn in that tournament had it happened. Like this is this is traditionally a national powerhouse. Uh, Bill Self knows kind of what he's doing. He knows how to navigate this tournament and i really think that i personally have gonzaga moving on but i think kansas is gonna put up one heck of a fight in this game i really like that from scott you look at a lot of teams there were so many uh two game series in college basketball this year you rewind all the way back to november 26th when gonzaga and kansas met what was an amazing game uh, in, in one of those early Thanksgiving tournaments. Gonzaga ended up winning that 102 to 90. It was an amazing shootout. Kansas gets to see the Zags for a second time. Could make it a lot closer, but ultimately I, I don't see anyone being able to stop the likes uh, of Drew, Timmy, and Corey Kispert. All right. Our wraps up our West bracket. Um, any final thoughts, gentlemen? I, I don't think that I think the reports of uh, Virginia's death are greatly exaggerated, personally. I do have them ending their run in the Sweet 16, but I, I, I have reasons to believe that they'll be fine in the tournament. But now it's time to uh, go from west to east um, with uh, Michigan versus one of the first four in uh, at the top for us. Michigan, um, best team in the Big Ten uh, this season. Uh, across the regular season, uh, I have them moving on from this from this matchup. Uh, but what about you, gentlemen? Start with Gary. Well, it's tough to really kind of pin down who's the best team in the Big Ten. I mean, it flipped every other weekend, and it. I know obviously Michigan's the number one seed coming out of there, but you also have Illinois, who's a very solid team. You have Ohio State. I mean, any of those teams can beat any uh, beat each other on any given weekend, and we saw that this season. But I mean, it's it's 
pretty simple. You take Michigan in this one over either Mount St. Uh, Mount St. Mary's or Texas Southern. So clean cut and dry. Yep. Uh, yeah. The, the one interesting note. Yeah. I, I do have Michigan winning this game. I don't see any 16, one upsets this year. If Mount St. Mary's gets out of the first four, they beat Texas Southern. They play at an extremely slow pace. Only second slowest, uh, second to Virginia in the country. So if Michigan, and they haven't quite played a team like that, there's no teams like that really in the Big Ten, except for maybe Maryland that play at such a slow place, and in Wisconsin, obviously. If Mount St. Mary's gets into that game, I could see it being, I wouldn't call, even call it close, but maybe even interesting at halftime to where you might move it over to the big screen if you've got. Uh, just a moment. Brett? Brett's face right now. Did we lose him? I think we might have. Um, Brett, we lost you after you are yeah. saying. Uh... So if that's everything that you've got to say, um, Scott, any any words of wisdom concerning Mount St. Mary's or Texas Southern? Uh, I, I don't really think it matters. I think Michigan is going to take a cue from their head coach, Jawan Howard, and I think they're going to murder this game no matter uh, yes. is there hopefully they won't get ejected from the first half like Jawan How Howard did in that game but uh I really I'm really high on this Michigan team I like how they I like how they play I like I like their head coach and I'm really excited to see a couple of these matchups go through all right uh well Finally, we've, we were, we're going down to uh, the nine-seed matchup. I'm going to be honest. I have no idea um, where even is St. Bonaventure. I uh, don't know anything about that team, honestly. Uh, Bonnies. So, Bonnies. You got to know the Bonnies. They're the A-10 champions. Oh, of course. I would have I would have not known. Brett's having a bit of connection issues. I'm going to pause again. Okay. So I, I've just been told by Gary that this is in – that uh, the Bonnies are in New York, apparently. You yes. wouldn't have, my, my guess would have been honestly out west. Like Bonaventure, that sounds like a very Californian name. That being said, Saint Bonaventure sounds not very Spanish at all. Saint anything. Um, but all right. Um, I had LSU uh, leaving this. I, I know I was very uh, big on the nine seeds with our, uh, with our Western bracket, but not this time. Not this time. I, I think I only have like a 2 2 split between the eights and the nines. Nope. I actually know it's a. Yeah, it is a two-two split for me across the entire like sixty-four team bracket, um, but uh, the Bonnies are not one of them this year. I'm gonna take a page out of your grandfather's bracket. Defense wins championships. St. Bonaventure, it worked for them in the A10. It's gonna work for them against LSU. LSU had an explosive offense because it was easy to have an explosive offense in the SEC this season. St. Bonnies, we talk about battle tested. You guys know me. I'm really high on the A10 this year. Give me the Bonnies. Moving on around two. Exactly. And when Brett's saying defense wins championships, LSU's defense in the paint. I know St. Bonaventure doesn't really score too much in the paint, but they can take an advantage of that if they can get a lot of collapses on the outside and then pass it down low for an easy bucket. So that could be something that they will expose. I got St. Bonaventure as well in this one. I agree. I also went with St. Bonaventure. If that basketball team can move around the court like their camera guy can move around evading security guards then yes i'm going with the bonnies over lsu in this matchup yes come on bonnies all right well if that's all we got for uh the nine seeds we're, we're moving on to colorado georgetown this is going to be an interesting 
matchup for me personally, um, because this is this is the real test of whether or not momentum actually matters. Uh, because Georgetown is coming into this competition screaming in after being basically irrelevant for the past four years. I mean, I think 2016 was the last time they made it to the tournament or the Big Ten final, one of the two. Um, Georgetown has obviously had like a very very rough. Um, past couple of years under Ewing, not really, uh, I don't think you can pin all of it on him. Just, you know, having starters saying, we don't really want to play anymore or, um, start, you know, losing, losing recruits or using, losing young players. Um, but Georgetown is finally kind of back on the map after, uh, running the table at the, at the Big East tournament this year, uh, taking it over, uh, Creighton, right? Creighton was the finals matchup for that tournament at the garden. And uh, Georgetown is back in the tournament as a 12 seed. Um, and their first matchup is is a pretty tough one with Colorado, the Pac-12 uh, champ, being their first matchup. Is it a um, – is Georgetown got to keep it rolling or are they uh, going home early? I'm a bit iffy right now on Georgetown. I, obviously, they finished very strong in that uh, big, big East title game. They destroyed Creighton at the, in the second half of the first half and then all throughout that second portion of the game. They ended up winning that 73-48, just absolute uh, demolished of or demolishing of the Blue Jays. But that being said, I'm liking Colorado, what they're bringing to the table right now. I know they had that uh, – they fell a little bit flat in that game against Oregon State in the, in the Pac-12 title game. But I like what they're bringing to the table, and I'm, still, I'm sticking with Colorado as my gut instinct. They shoot really well from the free throw line. They're actually second in the nation in free throw percentage, 822 and they're a top 50 team from three. So uh, I like where they're at, and I'm picking uh, sticking with the Buffaloes here. All right, all right. Uh, I feel the same way, honestly. Like, uh, if you're if it's a pound-for-pound matchup between the Big East and the Pac-12, um, Pac-12 just has that larger caliber for me. So it's going to be Colorado. Uh, finally, we've got our um, – or Scott, did you have anything to say about this matchup? Uh. I I still went with Georgetown. I think this game is going to be interesting because I feel like when a lot of people are filling out their brackets, they're going to go with the Hoyas because there's a bit of name recognition there. You have Patrick Ewing as as the head coach. So I Colorado, I think this is going to be a really tight game, but I just went with my gut and went with Georgetown in this matchup. Right. Yeah, I, I took Colorado. I, I disagree. I, I do think the Big East was a better league than the Pac-12 this year. Georgetown did great at Madison Square Garden. Patrick Ewing back at the Garden, obviously a great story. Colorado is not only one of the best free-throw shooting teams this year, they're one of the best free-throw shooting teams in NCAA history, and there's absolutely no way they're going to put up the same performance that they did against Oregon State in that Pac-12 title game. Uh, so give me the buffs moving on past Georgetown. Okay. Um, I'm desperate to get into this one because uh, it's one that we could fill out an entire show with, or at least half of a show with. Uh, and that's our 4 and 13 matchup, Florida State Greensboro. Um, this is, this is, I think, just a, a palate cleanser for the true litmus test that awaits Florida State basketball uh, down the road. Are they legit? Are they not legit? Can we really like jump to conclusions like I, how I have overreacted over the past two weeks? with their mixed results coming into the stretch, uh, both at the ACC tournament and at the very end of ACC regular season play against a uh, UNC Greensboro. It's not the one that we all know and uh, hate, I guess, at Chapel Hill, but um, 
it, it's still like a uh, it's still a 13 seed. Uh, the four seed is not immune to upsets. The four seed has a um, out of the this this sounds obvious, but but bear with me on this one. It's it's the the four seed has the most difficult um, path to uh, at the very least the elite eight out of um, any other you know seed in the uh, in the tournament. But um, I mean, who you got? I mean. I, I will go last because, as you guys know, when it comes to teams that are near and dear to my heart, I prefer not to speak. Um, I prefer to just kind of let the results play out by themselves. So I'm actually going to start with Scott here, um, who's been our, uh, been one of the guys who's who's the biggest, um, like a, the biggest help behind the scenes at uh, Tomahawk Talk. And, uh, I do want to say he doesn't get too much um, of a word in front of the mic on the show, so. Uh, you have the floor to start out this one. All right. Awesome. I was a homer here and I went with Florida state. I think we've, you know, we've gone on length on our regular show at Tomahawk talk about the turnover issues with this, but usually when we see, when we see this team is kind of like down bad, they come out the next game and they're, they play like their hairs on fire. You saw that against Clemson earlier this year where they were like coming out of a COVID break and a little bit of a, bad stretch and then they beat that Clemson team by like 20 or 30 like it was something insane like that and I think this team is going to come out angry you have a lot of ish you there are going to be still some ball control issues like I don't necessarily think that's something that uh, Hamilton is going to fix right away but I do think this team is going to come out angry and that it may be closer than a lot of Florida State fans may want to see but I think Seminoles take this one. All right. And and that's something that I've, I've kind of, you know, gone internally, like back and forth with, um, which is like, what is a, what is a wake up call for Florida state basketball is a wake up call a loss. Um, because if that's the case, then yeah, last, uh, last week's uh, pretty tough loss against uh, Georgia tech kind of um, like a loss is excusable, I guess at that level of competition, but at the same time, uh, the, the way that that loss came about is probably inexcusable. Uh, just poor uh, discipline on the court, you know, way, way, way too many turnovers. Um, we just have to see, like, how how hard they can ride uh, a possible, like, wake-up call momentum until they, they need another one. Um, I don't think you change time zones up in Indianapolis, do you? I mean, you might. So, you know, they daylight savings... Central. It's central. So is that two hours of a, of a time shift? Or are you back to normal? I don't know. This joke yeah, is going on too long. Is an hour. Yeah, this, this joke is terrible. I'm, I'm just abandoning this. Uh, Gary, uh, Gary, who you got for uh, for this matchup? I'm taking Florida State as well. I'm pretty sure all of us are going to be uh, riding the Knolls for this game. It's just to stop this team, especially with the size that UNC Greensboro is really bringing to the table. They have a few. They have a seven-footer. They got one guy at 6'9". But for the most part, they're not a terribly big team. So it's going to really put them at a big disadvantage going into this. I know their big guard, their uh, big name, Isaiah Miller, number one. He's a six-foot-all senior, and he's a guard, and he averages 19.3 a game. So that's great. But when he's going to have to go up against guys like MJ Walker, who's already, he's got five inches on, then you got Raekwon Gray, who could possibly switch, Scotty Barnes, Anthony Pallett. I mean, there's so much more length on this team. And defense is going to be ultimately the thing that pushes FSU over the edge in this game. It could get a little bit close just due to some turnovers from FSU. But 
I still like FSU winning this one pretty handily. Yeah, I mean, UNC Greensboro, they're going to live or die by Isaiah Miller, who can turn a highlight out of nothing, can get one out of thin air. He's one of the best dunkers of the basketball in the country. But how, who's he going to beat to the rim? Raekwon Gray? Scotty Barnes? Balsa? No chance. In my opinion, this matchup for Florida State is upset proof. And I'll eat my words on Saturday afternoon if this goes wrong for the Knowles. But look how deep they are again. Isaiah Walker, or Isaiah Miller, rather, 19.3 points per game. The Spartans have nobody else in double digits. Florida State has got multiple guys in double digits and a lot more guys at 7, 8, 9 points per game. They're too deep to, to lose this game. All right. I, uh, for me personally, uh, okay, hang on. Um, for me, sorry, technical difficulties there. For me personally, I, I, you guys know me best. I mean, I've said it now more times than I can count over the past, what, um, like six or seven months with all the Tampa teams um, having deep playoff runs. I don't really like uh, making a pick when it comes to my team. I feel like if I pick them, I curse them. And if I don't pick them, I'm too much of a pessimist for my own good. But I, I had to pick up. I had to do something here because I did have to fill out an entire bracket. And y'all will be surprised, but I did end up picking Florida State both here and going into the next round against Colorado. Um, I do think that this team is good enough to at least bring it to Michigan. Um, are they good enough to make it past Michigan for the Elite Eight run? I, I don't think so. Um, Michigan is, is too good. Michigan has slipped up in the past against teams that are not as good as it. I mean, they did split a series with Michigan State at the tail end of the Big Ten season. But um, I think the gap between Michigan and Florida State is too too big to uh, to cross in, in a one-off, you know, loser-goes-home tournament-style uh, matchup. It's just a fact of the matter. Uh, let's uh, let's move on to uh, the second. Um, yeah, that would be the second matchup from the um, the first four-in. Actually, no, this is our last matchup of the first four-in between Michigan State and UCLA. Um, the winner of that will face BYU in the first round. Um this is actually kind of a surprise for me, but we'll start with Gary again. I'm just going to round the bases. I, mean, I don't know. Right now, it's one of those weird ones because you feel like you feel a bit awkward not taking a UCLA or Michigan State team over a BYU just in terms of just name recognition. But I'm riding with BYU for this game. I know that game, that first four, in, I think that's probably going to be the best first four in game we get just because of the two biggest names that we've seen in a first four game in a while. But even in that game for Michigan-UCLA, I'm taking the Bruins just due to depth. And I know, like I said, the past hasn't been the best team and or the best conference, whereas the Big Ten has been the best, arguably, in the nation this season. So, I don't know. I would take BYU over UCLA in that first-round matchup. Over UCLA. Okay. Brett, you, like you look like you're not liking that pick too much. Or you're being- I, I- no, I love BYU, and I love Mark Pope. He he did mm-hmm. great things at Utah Valley. It's in year two. This BYU team was really great last year, and it's sad they didn't get to play in the tournament. They're still pretty good this year. Going to have a tougher run, I think, to get to the front. But BYU, they, they gave Gonzaga a run for their money in that uh, West Coast title game. And I really love like the work they did on the transfer market or on the transfer uh portal matt harms used to play for purdue big man seven foot three center but he's mobile he, he, he sets great ball screens sets great off ball screens and he's one of their better players this year and so i love the cougars i think michigan state's probably gonna get past ucla 
I think I think Izzo's been able to pull out some some real good wins this year. But I really love the ball moving from BYU, how quick they move on offense. And so I'll take the Cougars. And Scott, to kind of close this one out. Yeah, I, I picked BYU as well. It's hard to not pick BYU when you don't know who the other opponent is. It is going to be even when the options are going to be two kind of blue blood programs like Michigan State or UCLA. I went with the Cougars. Well, um, I know I kind of dunked on the first four in. Uh, I've actually dunked on the first four in this entire show. But you know what? Screw it. I'll pick one of them this time. Um, I've got Michigan State actually beating both UCLA and BYU. Uh, why? I have no idea why. Um, like I said, um, well, it's it's like you guys said. UCLA and Michigan State are two blue blood programs. So maybe, just maybe, the winner of that, who I think is going to be NMSU, is going to go, you know what? Yeah, why, why not us? When we were able, able to beat like a two-seed uh, at the very end of the season. I mean, yeah, our uh, tournament run wasn't great at all. But um, you know what? Why not us? Uh, it doesn't really matter, though. This one is kind of a, t- a throwaway for me, this matchup in particular, because of our next matchup, which is um, uh, Texas versus um, AC. I, I need to... Uh, okay, I'm going to actually start this one because I want to put on my, my best Stugatz impression when I say that Texas is back. And um, in basketball, though, like small caveat, I, I, I'm, I'm sure that plenty of people in Austin would be happy to see them uh, return to football providence. But I, I, with $130 million a year and it's still not working, I don't think it's going to work anytime soon. But yeah, uh, Brett, what do you think? Actually, yeah, Brett, go ahead. Uh, Shaka Smart, this is the best team he's had in Austin. Uh, the, the last two times he made it to the tournament uh, with Texas, they lost in the first round. But he hasn't had a team like this. We know what Shaka Smart can do when he has a good team going into the tournament. He had some great years at VCU. So I, I don't think this is the upset spot for Texas. What about you, Gary? Did I, did I do okay on that, Stugatz? I don't think it was very good, but I tried. You did, we, we get where you're going with it. I understand where you're going with it all. It's good. Yeah. But um, with Texas, it's really tough to go up against them. I know I, I've been hearing a lot of talk. I don't know if you guys have. I've been hearing a lot of talk saying people have been picking Abilene Christian in this game. I don't particularly know why. There's a reason why Texas is a number three seed and their number 20 Kempom ranking. And then you got uh, Abilene Christian over at 86. I mean, one team played through a gauntlet of a schedule, whereas the other one, pretty easy out of the Southland Conference. So, like you said, Brett, shock, this is one of the best Shaka Smart teams we've ever seen, if not the best. And so I'm going to take the horns. All right. Well, Gary, you you were asking why people are so high on this uh, Abilene Christian team. Let let me tell you why. So uh, I actually have a lot of belief in this team. You know, we have a lot of these like FGCU kind of VCU kind of name rec- recognitions going or this team has the seventh ranked defense nationally. They are fifth in scoring margin there. Uh, they have Colton Cole, who is averaging. Let's see. Let's see here. Where Where's this number? God, 12.3. 12.3 points per game. I'm really high on this team. This is, I think, could be the team this year that gets the name recognition, the upset that gets moving forward. I think, you know, we all trust like Shaka Smart. He definitely has that experience. This is one of the better Texas basketball teams that we've seen probably since Durant was there. But I really am high on the Wildcats going into this tournament. 
and I have them beating not only Texas in this round, but BYU in the next and moving on to the Sweet 16. All right. Wow. All right. Love it. I'll have egg on my face if Abilene Christian comes out with this win. <laughs> for me, like, um, I know I, I, for, for me, I, I am pretty big on Texas. I have them getting on the 16. Um, but for now, we have one last matchup to go before we're almost done with the East, and that's UConn, Maryland. Um, I'm going to be honest, this feels like a very forgettable matchup. It's, uh, it's UConn men's, um, not their iconic, you know, women's lineup that we see, um, you know, never lose a game ever. I don't think I've ever seen like a, a final score with UConn women's. I know it's happened before. I'm, I'm just, uh, cheesing a bit, but, um, who knows? I, I honestly don't really know. So I went, I'm going to bet on the, uh, big 10 again. So I went with Maryland, um, Brett, you know, the floor. I hate UConn, I, and it's not because of any of their players. It's not because of any of their, their fans or anyone associated with the program except for their head coach, Danny Hurley. He is the most insufferable head coach to watch in all of college basketball. I remember a couple of years ago they played the Knolls. He was running all the way up and down the sideline, did not stop yelling from start to finish. It's, it's, it's insufferable. I hate watching it. With that being said, this UConn team has been completely different when they got back James Booknight. They've become an explosive offense, one of the best-scoring teams in the country. And Maryland, they're just not that good this year. They snuck in. They had some momentum. They got some big wins. They're not consistent enough. I like the Huskies. I'm with you. Maryland is limping into this postseason, losing three of their last four games. And like you said, the, having Buchanan back uh, for the Huskies, it's a huge boost for them. And so I'm, I'm flip-flopping. I've been flip-flopping on this game for a while, just looking at it, because it's one of those 7-10 matchups that you got to look out for in terms of picking games. But I, I'm I'm gonna say UConn right now, but that could change come uh, Friday morning or even tomorrow night. So I'll stick with UConn right now. It could be Maryland though in a couple of minutes. <laughs> I I think this is the first time we've been split here. I went with Maryland, but I don't think either of those teams really make it past Alabama in the next game. And so, but yeah. So I'm not really too high on either of them. I still want I still want with the Turks though. All right. So that is a two three two three one split to Brett or two two to us. Two two. Two two. Okay. Brett and I are riding with UConn. Yeah. We'll see how that plays out. Finally we've got our um, last matchup at the East, and this is where I kind of I kind of gave up on my brag because I was like, who am I kidding? I have no idea what's gonna happen. Um, at this point, like I, I could pick football teams to win it and I, I wouldn't be far off. I feel like, so that's what I did. I, uh, I gave up and I was like, all right, I'll just, I'm going to pretend like I know nothing about basketball, which I totally, absolutely do guys. I definitely know my basket, my college hoops. (laughs) Uh, absolutely. Without question. I will not hear anything about this. I am the smartest person here when it comes to college basketball. Definitely. So instead, I'm going to pretend like all I watch is football and I'm going to pick the higher seeds when it comes to football. Now, Alabama is actually a good team. I, we, you, don't, you don't just fall into a two seed in the national championship. So I did pick um, Alabama over Iona, but uh, I will be embarrassed to say that I, I did have Alabama going all the way to the final four. Um, why? I just had a feeling. Sometimes you just have a feeling. Gary, what you got? Well, picking just solely off the football thing, it, it's whatever at this point, but 
Alabama is actually a really, really solid team this season, and I'm I'm really high on them. I've, I've loved watching them this season. Obviously, they were able to tear through the very weak SEC conference this season, but even though I like how they've been playing this year, I think they got a really solid offense. Obviously, their defense is suspect, you could say, because they do tend to give up a fair amount of points in certain situations, but this is going to be an easy 2-5 over Iona. Sorry, uh Rick Pitino, this isn't your time. It's going to be your. It's going to be a short-lived uh, matchup or short-lived trip to the bra- uh, bubble this year. Yeah, Alabama blowout. That's easy for me. Alabama blowout. I'd agree. Uh, Bama, Bama. They have a really high-energy team. They're very defensively sound. I think it's going to be a short trip in Indy for Iona, but not for Rick Pitino because as soon as soon as this tournament ends, he heads straight to Bloomington for that head head coaching job but and it's it ain't gonna be it in this game 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 give me the crypt give me the tide here in this one all right and um just kind of like your final thoughts on this bracket i mean i already said that um i have bama running it all the way to the final four actually i have bama i uh we'll, we'll get to that in a second but the more i talk about uh bama the more embarrassed i get not uh, not without bad reasoning because i like like you said gary like bama definitely is like for me, the best team to come out of the SEC. And I did like the SEC. Um, the Sweet 16 matchup um, in March 27th, 28th, for that part of the bracket, is an all-SEC matchup, Texas-Bama for me. But uh, I don't know. I, can, I guess we can start with uh, how far do you see the Knolls going and um, do if you have anything potentially spicy in your brackets. I have the Knowles getting to the second weekend, playing the Michigan Wolverines and losing. It's nothing against this Florida State team. I don't think that would be them considered. I don't think that would be considered choking. I just think Michigan's really good. I do have UConn getting past Alabama and then past BYU. Like I said, I'm really high on this Huskies team with James Buchnight back in the lineup. Um, but ultimately, Michigan going to to the Final Four, my second one seed, uh, making all the way to the to the last two rounds. All right. Um, I'm, I'm going with my heart here, and I hate that going with my heart because it always ends up poorly. But I have Florida State making it to the Final Four. I have them uh, beating uh, Colorado and Michigan in there and then Alabama in the Elite Eight just to get to Indianapolis. So I know that's probably going to come back and bite me in the butt, but I'm taking the Knolls going to the Final Four. I would actually I, agree that it would it's something that's going to bite you in the butt because I yeah. think that that team has a lot of problems that they haven't fixed yet. That, that are just going to take more time than they have at the tournament to fix. Sorry, Scott. You could, I got Michigan in the Final Four rolling past Bama in the Elite Eight and Florida State in the Sweet 16. Flor, Florida State's good, but tur, but turnover issues past couple of games have a bad taste in my mouth. I'm going, I'm going with the Wolverines in the Final Four. All right. All right, we're done with the left side of the bracket. If you're using the official uh, PDF file that the NCAA put on their website after uh, Selection Sunday uh, finished up. So we're looking at our first matchup in the south, which is at the very top of the page, which feels weird. But um, it's uh, Baylor versus Hartford. Uh, Baylor's obviously, you know, the one seed, one of the best teams in this tournament. Um, let, let's just cut to the chase here. Uh, give me a flat yes or no, uh, then we might go into uh, explanations. Do you think Baylor is going to actually reach the final four? Give me a super yes if you think they're going to reach the finals. So, yes. Gary? Or, okay. 
I'm right. saying yes right now. I like yes. where they're at. I think they're they obviously had their their only rough patch case of COVID. I like Baylor though. Okay, and Scott. Uh, yes, I'm pretty high on this Baylor team, and I think they make it out of this. And I think they make it out of this kind of side of the bracket. Okay, that uh, means I am actually the lone dissenter then. I uh, don't think they'll make it out of the uh, Elite Eight, uh, but we'll get to that in a moment. Um, so I, I think it's a done deal then. We've all decided that Baylor Baylor's moving on. Hartford aren't really anything to write home about. Uh, it's just a fact of the matter. Uh, hard to do anything. They did have a big them. win in the semifinal of that America East tournament against Vermont. There was a lot of craziness. UMass Lowell and Hartford in the championship. That was not supposed to be the case. So shout out to Hartford for making it to the dance. But yep. yeah, this is going to be the end of the road. That's a cruel reward. That's for sure. All right. So, um, We've got a, an ACC semifinalist against another Big Ten team, uh, North Carolina-Wisconsin for our 8-9 matchup for the South. Um, what do you all have, gentlemen? Right now I'm leaning towards Wisconsin. I like Demetrius Trice. I saw that game. Was it the Illinois game a few weeks ago where he went off in those last four minutes of the game? I'm liking Wisconsin. I know we talked about how they play a little bit slower earlier on. I think that can really come back to bite uh, UNC in the butts. So I'm taking the Badgers here. All right. Um, and Scott, what you got? Yeah. I, I went, I actually went with North Carolina this game. We've, su- we've seen when the past times like you, UNC and FSU have played North Carolina is just one of those teams that just like to hang around. They don't like, they're never like truly, I think down. And that once you get into March madness, once you get into this tournament, it's going to be dangerous. I like the heels. All right. I've got UNC in there, so we can just move right on. Villanova, uh, upset. Oh. What? I got the Badgers. Let him get his. Oh, whoa, whoa. Okay, yeah, sorry. I got the Badgers. Uh, my mom's side of the family is from Wisconsin, so love the Badgers, and I think Greg Gard is going to control the pace in this game, not let guys like Armando Baycott uh, get settled and take control for uh, Roy Williams' Tar Heels. So give me Wisconsin moving on. All right, all right. Now we can move on to Villanova going once, twice, thrice. Yes. Uh, Nova Wimthrop, Nova, um, kind of shockingly upset out of that um, Big East tournament by that Georgetown side that would not be denied all the way through to the finish. Um, still, I think that's just a, a bump of the road, a nice little wake-up call heading into this tournament. I, I see them moving on to the uh, to the Sweet 16, actually. Um, I have them over Winthrop comfortably. Yeah, same. Right there with you. Not too much to be said, really. Virginia's a good team. They just had a few bad bounces. I got them over Winthrop. All right. Scott? I I actually have Win, Winthrop over this game. There's been a lot of kind of talk about Villanova after kind of their performance in that, big, in that Big East tournament. They have a big injury. The guy's name is escaping me right now, but no one, I Colin think. Colin Gillespie. Col- Colin yes, Gillespie. I was I was thinking Chris and not Colin, but yeah, they big injury. We don't really know what they're really going to look like, but I have Winthrop doing the doing it over Real- Villanova in this game. Yeah, I think this is a potential twelve five upset. Winthrop, uh, I love what they saw. I love what I saw to them. Villanova was one of the best teams in the country, in kind of a consensus, and then they had like like two or three losses, rough losses. I know they lost to Georgetown in the conference tournament. I'm just not as down on Villanova as I think a lot of other people are. Jay Wright, he's been there, done that, and won the tournament a couple of times before. 
So I, I really love the Wildcats here. All right. Um, Purdue, North Texas. This is another kind of whatever matchup for me. I do have a buddy up in Purdue, and I haven't really talked to him about his team's chances. The the friend that I have up at Georgetown did not stop losing it. He was he was dancing before the dance off of that Nova upset, and he went ballistic the night of the uh, the Big East final. It's one of the reasons why. I, and then my way around the Big East more than more than several of these uh, other conferences. But we're we're on to Purdue. Uh, Purdue, I've, I've got that moving on straight up. I'm going to play chalk for, your, uh, for the most part in this, uh, this bracket from here on out. What you got? Uh, I got Purdue as well. This is another pretty kind of easy pick. I know Northwestern, they're a pretty solid team, but I don't know. I'm just not in love with Northwestern. They got a great pl- uh, play down the paint, and Purdue maybe not the best down low defensively, but still, I like what I'm seeing out of Purdue going into this. Yeah, I'll rock with Purdue's momentum. They, they, I know they lost their first game against a very good Ohio State team, but they ended the regular season with wins over Wisconsin and Indiana. They're just a more sound team, and, and, and yeah, I'll take the Boilermakers. I, I also like Purdue in this game. I'm not too high on the uh, two, three, and four seeds in this division, which is why I have Baylor moving on pretty convincingly. I actually, like, I... But yeah, but I do think Purdue wins this game and we'll talk about Colgate later when we get there. All right, um, let's move on. I need to pull up my bracket again. Uh, Texas Tech, Utah State. I've got Tech moving on. Forget that this is a Final Four team from two years ago. Who knows how that uh, reflects in... National letter up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, who knows how that reflects? I don't know how much talent they've lost from 2019 to 2021. That's like two classes. That's a lot in, in college basketball, in any sport really, but especially college basketball. But I still think that the pedigree is there. So I have them moving on uh, into the Sweet 16. Outside of Mac McClung, I don't know who else can really contribute in a big way for this Texas Tech team. And again, they haven't played a defense like Utah State really yet this season. Utah State one of the best defensive teams in the country. And I'm going to go Utah State here. I think it's going to be really close. It could come down to a last possession Mac McClung shot. And let's just say I, I have him missing it. And I got the Aggies going forward. Yeah. I got Texas Tech in this one. I do like Mac McClung. Obviously, he's the offense. He's the heart and soul of this team at this moment. And I think he's going to be able to get them over that hump that is Utah State. And I know, like you said, Brett, they do have a really solid defense. But sometimes their defense slips up in some spots where Utah or Texas State shoots really well from beyond the arc. Yeah, if the, if the threes are falling early for Texas Tech, it could be a long day for Utah State because they don't have the offense to kind of keep up. Mm-hmm. But if they can really make the uh, make Texas Tech uncomfortable, it, it, there's a, there's an upset potential here. Mm-hmm. I I have the Red Raiders in this one as well. I think it can be close as kind of Brett let on but eventually i think with texas tech the offense and experience is just going to be too much all right um moving on to our next matchup before we're all done with that arkansas colgate i just noticed that colgate has only played 15 games this entire season uh, For reference it's a um a florida state side or to put it into kind of perspective the florida state side that saw what three pauses due to COVID, still played 22 games 
the fact that they were able to get into the tournament with 15 games is, is incredibly as a non 16 is kind of insane. Um, obviously I don't know the full context of their season. I don't know how many times I stopped her and just didn't play. Uh, it was the, I think it was the Patriot league. Didn't have non-conference play this year. They just did two game series within the league and Colgate oh. just kind of ran through the Patriot league this year. Yeah. Still an impressive record, you know, only dropping one game in an entire season, but still that's a tiny, tiny sample. Um, with that in mind, and just the fact that Arkansas, uh, let's be honest, isn't a much more competitive uh, conference, even though they are Arkansas. They're a three seed this season, so I, I got to go with Arkansas, but I don't have them going any further than that. Really? You're yeah, I have, I, have, I have Tech beating, beating, beating Arkansas in the second round. I can see where you're coming from on that, but I don't know. I like Arkansas where they're at right now. I think they're a very solid team. They got a lot of scores, and that's really what's going to be able to push them over the edge. They can, they're, I, I think they're going to blow through. It's, it's weird. I was looking at the net rankings for this. Colgate is number nine in the net rankings, and you have Arkansas as what is that? I believe it's uh, 14. So it's a little bit weird how net works and all that, but I'm taking Arkansas. Yeah, Colgate, it was a short season for them, but you looked at the way they shot the ball, especially in the Patriot League tournament. They really handled Loyola Maryland in that in that conference final. They beat the crap out of Bucknell before that. Arkansas, though, definitely has the shooters to kind of keep up with them. Moses Moody, the best player on that Razorbacks team. And maybe look into the over for that game. I don't know what the total set at. Uh, but, yeah, the Razorbacks, I've got them moving on. Okay. I actually have an upset here. I am very high on some some of the 14 seeds in this tournament. I talked at length about uh, Abilene Christian a few minutes ago, and I have Colgate over Arkansas in this round. But again, I don't think, but I, unlike Abilene Christian, I think their success is short-lived and they'll fall to Texas Tech in the next round. All right, cool. Like I said, Arkansas for me. Um, but that is, that's interesting. I, 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 I want to say that the evidence corroborates that. I feel like uh, this is this is purely like an eyeball thing, but I, I feel like I've seen more 14 seed upsets than any other uh, particular seed in the, uh, the conference, notwithstanding, you know, a nine seed. Which a nine seed actually, had, like I said earlier today in the show, a nine seed has a winning record with the eight seed with the entirety of the 64 team format. Um, not terribly uh, a big surprise to see. It's basically a coin flip at that point. But let's move on uh, to uh, Florida Virginia Tech, an ACC SEC matchup uh, between a seven and ten seed. With the Virgin with this Virginia Tech team, I see a team that had a lot of potential this season, but could never really get it going. And a lot of that was due to COVID related pauses, and it's just unfortunate for them this year. And because of that, I think the Gators have a really good spot here to to move on in this round. I might be leaning towards a little bit of an upset here. I know Florida, they, they started off a little bit shaky towards the front half of their season, but they they closed out pretty decently. So, I don't know. I'm You mentioned those COVID for VT. They obviously played a lot less games than a majority of the other teams in the ACC. But I like what they bring into the table. I like um, – Al- I can't pronounce his last name. Al- I, I'm really going to slip up on this one. But Almum Al- – Al- I, why can't I speak? Jeez, but – you guys know what I'm saying. He's averaging 15.6 a game. He's a solid player for them. I, I'm i taking VT just solely off of just gut pick there. 
I'm picking Virginia Tech as well. This is where my bias comes in. I can never like pick Florida to win anything ever. And I know traditionally their basketball teams are overrated because people like to remember the like Joe Kim Noah kind of Billy Donovan days. And that's just not what this team is anymore. So I have Vatek over Florida. For me, I'm, I'm pretty much the same. Uh, my biases have really, really shown through with this one. Um, I guess I still have to like internally represent uh, the ACC or, or something. I, I have no idea, but I felt like um, oh, <laughs> it's a, I don't really know. I, I don't like any of anybody outside of our of the uh, the campus that I'm less than a quarter mile away from. I, I don't like any of you, but um, I don't know. It's another like one of those gut feeling type games for me, Gary, where it's like I, I do have to give the nod to Virginia Tech. Maybe it's my sheer dislike of Florida. Maybe it's not. I, I can't really tell at this point. Uh, but that's all I got for for um, for that matchup. Um, we can I think we can move on to our last matchup of the of the um, of the uh, southern bracket. And this is where things get interesting for me, because you remember how how bullish I was on the last two seed that we talked about, Bama. Well, I feel very similarly about Ohio State University. Um, in fact, my entire bracket, pretty much, up until the final four, is just filled with one article in particular. The, that's it. Like I have them going all the way to the final four. I uh, I think they actually managed to pull off the upset against Bailey. Um, I was very, very impressed with the entirety of the Big Ten this year, how competitive it was, how, how intense they were, like how good uh, pretty much every team or pretty much the entire top half of uh, that conference was. And Ohio State has no exception. I mean, they won the tournament this year over Michigan. Uh, and I have Michigan uh, falling just short of the uh, Final Four and um, Ohio State reaching it, much to the ire of many in Ann Arbor. But, um, yeah, I have them running the table. I, uh, Oral Roberts is an afterthought, if not a, uh, a dental product for me. <laughs> uh, this Ohio State team, I love this Ohio State team. I kept trying to say that they were the best team in the Big Ten this year until Illinois just kind of continuously got better and better, especially as they got healthy, got everyone back on the floor. The reason I – well, not the, not the reason, but one of the reasons I love watching this Ohio State team play is, of course, C.J. Walker, the former Florida State Seminole, who has been playing point guard for the Buckeyes. Miss him. Loved watching him play when he was in Tallahassee. Loved that he's having a lot of success in Columbus. So, yeah, I've got Ohio State over Oral Roberts uh, easily, but I, I do have an upset spot. Um, I, I think the Gators could get hot at the right time and beat Ohio State in the next round. Oral Roberts is going to live and die by the three this game. They're 38% from beyond the arc. If they don't make shots, they're not in this game. If they do make some shots, maybe this thing gets a little bit interesting in the second half. But ultimately, I really like Ohio State. They're a top two team in the Big Ten, and I got them moving on. I got them obviously losing to Baylor in the Elite Eight down the line. But Interesting. I'm, My Elite Eight match – oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Scott. I, I'm like Gary in this game. I have Ohio State moving on. I know Oral Roberts is pretty like sound offensively. They're pretty – they're pretty productive, but I like the Buckeyes in this game, and I also have them making it to the Elite Eight and falling short to the Bay, falling short to the Bears in that matchup. 
Yeah, I, I do have Florida upsetting Ohio State, like I mentioned. And then my Elite Eight matchup, I have Baylor in the Arkansas Razorbacks. And I'll be sending my third number one seed to the Final Four uh, in the form of the Baylor Bears. So much shock, you can write it. You can... Right on the blackboard with it. No, I, I'm pretty much the same, though. It's going to be a 1-2 matchup for me in the Elite Eight. Baylor, Ohio State, we already know. I've got Ohio State coming out of that. They can't keep getting away with this, but they for, for this bracket, they will. All right, final bracket. We're going we're gonna to speed it up a bit. Um, we're, we're not going to, you know, we're still going to give our thoughts on it, but we're going to move with a little bit more of a tempo because this show has been going on for a little over an hour and a half at this point. Um, all right, let's just get it started. Illinois and Drexel. Illinois, um, I know I've, I've sung the Big Ten's praises all the way through. It's not going to stop here. Um, I'm just going to spoil it outright. Illinois is my one of my finalists this year uh, for the tournament. Uh, I've got a friend up at the uh, Fighting Illinois. Shout out to you, Lambert. I hope you never hear this, though, because I will never hear the end of it. So, yeah. Um, that's my that's my pick for the first uh, matchup of this this uh, bracket. I won't give away my final four pick, but I do have the Fighting Illini beating Drexel the Drexel Dragons pretty easily here. Yeah, I don't Same. think it's going to be much of a contest, honestly. But Scott, do you have anything? I I have Illinois as well, and I don't. I actually am unlike you. I have Illinois there, my one number one seed that I think is going to go down early because I am really high on the team that's going to be coming out of this next matchup for me which are the georgia tech yellow jackets now i am a little bit biased towards georgia tech i will admit that's where my dad went to school but watching kind of this team being like watching some of this basketball team there there's a lot of high energy they're really fun to watch jose alvarado averages about 15.3 points per game with three steals in a game and moses Wright with about 17 and a half points with eight rebounds i'm really liking this georgia tech Tech team. It's going to be a little that eight nine matchup between Tech and Loyola should be really interesting. But I'm with Illinois in the first game, Tech in the second game, and I think Tech actually does the nine over the one and upsets Illinois in that second round. Wow, wow, that's huge. I could see that as being a very realistic possibility. I got an Illinois handily winning that game against Drexel, but. Moving on to that Georgia Tech game, this is—I think this is going to be probably, possibly one of the more interesting games that we see in this first round by far. Georgia Tech, obviously, like you said, Scott is one of the best defensive teams in the nation. They really put a hurting on Florida State in their last two matchups, as we all saw. And uh, Loyola Chicago just is back again, and they also have some solid defense too. They're not anything to scoff at on that side of the ball, and it's going to be really interesting going. Forward. I mean, Cameron Kurtwig. He averages 15 points a game, but after that, it's really nothing else. So if, maybe if uh, it comes down to one of those situations where it's Alvarado shutting him down, obviously good luck shutting him down as Alvarado because it's a 6-9 matchup against a guard. But still, uh, Georgia Tech, I think if they can really shut down Kurt, they're going to have an easy uh, time moving through that game. But I don't have them beating Illinois in that next game. Loyola Chicago, one of the best coach teams in the country. Porter Moser turning this Ramblers team into one of the best mid-major programs. I think this run could continue well through the decade. Uh, we saw what they did. They made it to the Final Four just a couple of years ago, led by Cameron Crutwig, who's a senior now, averaging 15 points a game. In my opinion, Loyola Chicago is one of the best teams in the country, and it's a shame that they have to go up against Illinois in the next round. 
but I do have them getting past Georgia Tech in this game, which will probably be a race to 60 points given the way these two defenses play. All right. Um, is that all we got for the next matchup, which was Loyola Chicago, Georgia Tech? I don't really have much for this. I, 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 it's interesting that Scott says that, that Tech makes it out of uh, or makes it past uh, Illinois. I don't know if they've got them in them, but if there's any team that's going to do the 8-1 upset, it's, I think it's Tech. I think he's on to something. Um, if I had to put money on any one of these eight seeds, it'd probably be Tech. To, to do it because um, Oklahoma or Mizzou, I, I, I picked Mizzou in that bracket. I don't think they've got any sort of chance to make it past the Zags. The Zags are a buzzsaw this year. Uh, LSU uh, versus Michigan, I don't know. I, I still like Michigan a bit more. But Tech, Tech has surprised me with how, um, let's just say, resilient they are. I do respect Chicago, uh, Chicago but I, I don't know. For me, it's, it's, it's Tech. All right, moving on. Uh, Tennessee, Oregon State. I've got uh, I've got Rocky Top walking out with this one. Yeah, Oregon State's lucky to be here. Tennessee, just a better team, and not much else to this game. Pretty much it. Go Rocky Top. Yeah, I have Tennessee in this game. All right, Clint Island, slow your roll there, Gary. <laughs> um, OK State, uh, Liberty. Liberty. Best player in the country, Cade Cunningham, Oklahoma State Cowboys. No. Liberty is one of those schools that doesn't actually sound real. Liberty sounds like a school that you would kind of kind of make up. Like you looked at a wall, and it's like, oh, really? What school do you go to? And you go like, uh, and you look at like a flag or a, a map of the United States. And you go, uh, uh, li- Liberty, and you're like, what? Uh, same for American University in Washington. That sounds like a made-up school. It's just schools that that don't sound like they exist. But uh, what about you guys? Um, Scott, Gary, I got a case. Kate Cunningham. Yeah, same, same here. All right, all right. Uh, San Diego State Qs. I've got Qs moving on. Don't know why. Q's. No. Syracuse. I actually, I'm going to go back on. I'm going to walk that one back. I, I think San Diego State moves on. I don't know why I picked Syracuse in particular saw, to be my lone 11 seed upset. You saw a name. You saw the name Syracuse, and you're like, oh, hey, I know that name there. <laughs> I guess I they did. They don't have it this year. San Diego State, amazing in the Mountain West Conference this season, and there's no way they're not getting to the second round. Yeah. I mean, it's not like um, – well, yeah, you're right about that, Brett, but I do know that last year they were undefeated for a very long period of time, if not the entire season, weren't they? Um, uh, they finished the season 30-2. and two. Yeah. I don't know why I picked uh, Qs for that. I'm, I'm switching that in my bracket right now, ladies and gentlemen. I yeah, got it off the name. screen. I, I do that every now and then. We're just looking. You see a name, you pick it, okay, and then you come back and look at some numbers and you maybe – you want one back that's that's why i like san diego state as well i you can't really ride with the name on that one they're a much better team they're great shooting for the three maybe not that great at the free throw line but they're still solid all they're still a solid team they're gonna score at almost any spot on the court i like them over the orange all right and scott san diego state is has a really good defense defensive team i like them over the orange in this one all right, uh, moving on. I've actually got my, one of my Elite Eight um, members out of this bracket. Or actually, no, this is still the Sweet 16. Um, I actually have West Virginia making it all the way up to the, the Sweet 16. I have them edging, slightly edging out, I guess. Yeah, I'll stick to that, actually. Uh, they're slightly edging out San Diego State. Um, but they do drop to 
somebody in the uh, next two matchups, I don't really see Morehead State putting a dent in the uh, Mountaineers. Yeah, I got West Virginia in this one too. Huggy Bears still have got a good, a decent program up there. Maybe not up to snuff as years past, but they got a lot of depth and they're going to be able to easily walk through Morehead State in this one. Um, yeah, I'm in the Huggy gang here. Love West Virginia. Great team this year. Getting past Morehead State. I agree. I am leaning into a little more personal biases here. I have a friend friend at West Virginia, and I see them going pretty far in this tournament. Yeah, all right. Uh, moving on then, uh, Clemson Rutgers. Yeah. This one, this one's one where there could be an upset. I like Rutgers personally, just because it feels like Clemson. Whenever I watch a Clemson game, it's just Amir Sims, and if it if something can be stopped on the Amir Sims end then Rutgers has an easy way to walk through this one because maybe Rutgers is a little bit more depth comparatively, but I'm taking the Scarlet Knights over the Tigers just due to it just being a one-man Thompson. I honestly feel the same way. I've got um, – I, I don't have a ton of upsets, as you can tell through my bracket, but um, uh, Rutgers is, is one of the schools that I believe is capable of doing so, especially with this matchup. I think this favors them pretty easily. Yeah, for some reason, I'm down on Brad Brownell's uh, Clemson team, even after what he did to Florida State at the Little John earlier this season. Uh, but give me the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. This game's a bit of a toss-up for me, and I chose Clemson just because I've seen them play, and I, I've seen what they can do to a good team, so give me the Tigers in this one. Yeah, all right. We've got a lone dissenter. And our final matchup for um, this Midwestern first-round bracket, we got Houston versus Cleveland State. I watched a, a good bit of that um, Cleveland State-Oakland matchup because it was the only thing on ESPN that night, Horizon League final. Um, didn't have too much fun watching it, I'll be honest. Um, Dennis what? Gates. You got to root for Dennis Gates. I, I don't know. Like, I, I remember last year where Cleveland State were, were woeful. I'm... I, I don't remember correctly. They aren't anymore. Year two in charge, Dennis Gates, the former Florida State assistant, has turned it around for Cleveland State Vikings. I don't expect them to win this game, but since this is somewhat of a Florida State podcast, we've got to give Dennis Gates the, the big shout out there. Well, all right, then. I'll, it's, it's a must-watch game, then. Feel good story of the tournament, maybe, with this one, just because of how bad and how he's turned it around this year. I mean, I really like it, but... Houston's so much better. Let's just put it. Let's put it out there. Yeah, and and they have Yahel Hill from TCC. Go Eagles! All right. Also, a few other TCC players I haven't shouted out that are in the tournament. But mm-hmm. give me Houston in this game. Yeah. yeah, I'll be honest. I've got Houston going going deep for this one. Um, they are my elite eight member out of this side of the bracket. I'll deal with obviously being being Illinois, but um, Houston's good, man. Um, the All-American is pretty good. What's up? They're good, but I got them actually losing to West Virginia in that Sweet 16 matchup. I got Illinois then take on West Virginia for the, uh, for the Midwest regional title. I don't know if that's something that everyone else is too keen on or everyone's hating that pick there. I, 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 go ahead. I'm with Gary here. I have Houston over Cleveland State in this game, but I, I think they lose to West Virginia in that Sweet 16. Yeah, I've got mostly chalk in this region. I do have West Virginia over Houston. I also had Rutgers over Clemson. So I ended up having Illinois and West Virginia in the Elite Eight matchup. 
Again, I love this West Virginia team, but as the season went on, I had had a long-held belief that Gonzaga was the best team in the country and it wasn't even close. Illinois started to prove me wrong as they got Io back. That they were such a deep, well-coached, great team. And so not only do I have Illinois getting to the Elite Eight, I've got them headed to the Final Four, which has me with all four number one seeds going to the Final Four. I know that's a little boring this year. It's just how I see it. It's fair. I mean, that happens a lot. You see a lot of uh, number one seeds. I think it was a couple of years ago in the 2019 bracket. I was trying to get cute and pick some twos or threes and maybe a couple fours to sneak into that Final Four. And it turned out being a lot of number ones. So I have three ones. I got Gonzaga, Baylor, Illinois, and then I have the four seed Florida State sneaking into that Final Four. And then Gonzaga, Illinois for my uh, championship matchup. I'm looking like a my my final four matchup is a or yeah my final four matchups are look looks like a like a boxing um, technique. It's one two one two. Uh, I've got Zag and uh, I've got Gonzaga and Bama coming out of the West and East. And I've got Ohio State and uh, Illinois coming out of the national champ or out of the uh, South and Midwest. My finals match matchup is uh, is another one two matchup. I got Bama uh, stunning Gonzaga to deny them perfection. Oh no! Because uh, somebody's got to do it. Somebody's got to do it. Um, and I've got uh, Illinois just edging out uh, Ohio State for a uh, denying us a a, um, a Bama Ohio State matchup in and the uh, college basketball final of all places. And I have Bama winning the entire thing. Why? I don't know. I've just got to feel like if, if Bama actually gets past Michigan, it's, it's undeniable at that point because, um, you know, someone up there hates us and must we must see uh, Alabama win every national championship there is. They're no longer satisfied with football and gymnastics. No, they, they have to claim everything this time around, much to our ire. Um, All right. Yeah, looking at my final four, I've got Gonzaga over Michigan, Illinois over Baylor. Then you look at that championship game. These are the two best teams in the country, two of the most explosive offenses in the country. I think it's going to set up for a really great national championship, and I'll take Gonzaga over Illinois, 87-83 in the national championship. I've got a bounce, but guys, it was a total, it was bunch of fun doing this running through the bracket and hopefully uh, we were all wrong about the Knolls and they're cutting down the net at the uh, you know end of the tournament see you guys see you later all right scott all right. what you got for yours yeah for me i kind of i kind of did a little bit of mix i have a bunch of one seats i have gonzaga michigan and baylor making it in the final four and then for me i actually have oklahoma state picking through there i kind of teased a little bit earlier that i had georgia tech against Illinois in the second round, but I'm really high on Kate Cunningham. He scored 29 points in that big 12 championship game against Texas. He's one of, he's one of, if not the best players in college basketball right now. So I think he leads the, the Cowboys to the final four. I don't think it's enough for them to get past Baylor in that game, as I think Baylor's just too good. And I have the bears win, winning it all over Gonzaga in that final. Are you with the Scott? Are you with the school of thought that maybe uh, the NCAA is letting Oklahoma slide on that postseason uh, suspension till next season, or uh, just due to the ratings that Cade Cunningham and this Oklahoma team can bring to the table? Yeah, I I I can see that happening. I think like you know the NCAA like it's a nonprofit, but there's definite there's definitely some drive there to get the bucks and 
there will be quite a bit of profit to be made from this uh, this month of March and a little bit of April going forward for the NCAA. But yeah, I like I didn't I forgot to actually say who my national champion was. I got Gonzaga beating Illinois 87-80 in the national title game. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Sebastian, what do you, or you already got yours too. I mean, I think that's it actually. Yeah. I think we're, we're just about done. Um, I have, I have my entire bracket all I painted out. I've been doodling on it every now and then while we do this, but, um, yeah, I think I've only walked back one of my, my initial picks and that was just, um, San Diego state over Syracuse. Still don't know what I'm thinking with that, but, um, yeah, this is a lot of fun. I um, wish we would have been more more focused. You know, do you, do we know if the president is doing a presidential bracket? That took a hiatus for the past four years. I, I know, but I know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if Joe is doing one this year. I mean, obviously Barack Obama did one a few years. Trump did Trump do any? No, Trump. Yeah, uh, Donnie know. never did one. I I know um, uh, Obama did. I think he did, he did every one year. every four years. All, yeah. all four years they were like a special on ASPN. All eight years. Um, Oh, oh yeah, yeah he, was right. there, he was in the office for eight years. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I don't, I don't think Joe's gonna do one this year. I think he's got some other issues to be taking care of yeah, right he's, now. He's got some. He's got food on his plate, that's for sure. All right, gentlemen, um, this has been another episode of Graveyard Shift. Um, obviously, Brett Rutherford had to uh, step out there for a moment, so I won't be, uh, um, I won't be here for our closing words. But for myself, uh, for Scott, and for Gary, um, we wish you a pleasant evening. Um, Wherever you are, be safe. We're almost done with this whole thing. You know what I'm talking about. I hate talking about it. Um, we're on the home stretch. Um, I'll try and get this up to you, um, to y'all um, by by the 20th, of course. Uh, I've got a little bit on my plate right now, so I can't guarantee uh, a turnaround by tonight or the day of the recording, which would be March 17th. Um, but we'll see. Fingers crossed. You know, it's like Gary says. Fingers crossed um once again shout out to scott for making this all happen he is the um he's the conductor behind the scenes when it comes to this whole thing uh actually got got me off my butt and to fill out a uh, bracket for the first time in like three or four years Jeez, um, really three or four years you haven't filled out a bracket for I, obviously I'm, that last year but you, still um so full disclaimer i'm i'm somewhat apathetic when it comes to college basketball it, oh. um it's it's not something that we should get into um because this is the end of the show, so I don't want to yeah. you know, go on forever. I just was confused. I didn't know you you haven't filled out a bracket in forever. I mean, I thought you would have. Well, done not like one seriously. Years. I'll just like like I'll I'll like not one where I did like basically due diligence like we did here, where it's like okay, we're looking at players and we're looking at percentages. We're looking mm-hmm. at like advanced metrics. Um, usually, I just kind of I, I I like pick one on a whim before like a couple hours before the first four matchup, which is tomorrow actually. Good lord. Yes. I need to get off my butt and do this then. Yes. But uh, apart from that, you know, that's that's all we got for tonight. So uh, right. thank you very much for watching or listening, wherever you are. Um, and you are kind of listening to WVFS Tallahassee, the voice of Florida State. Till next time.